Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Hello, Deeds and the Desert listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a very exciting episode today. We have Carrie Cook, president of Ignite Funding, and Casey Katofsky from Future Legends. And they are going to be discussing our Future Legends project that is being released next week to our investors And we wanted to release the episode early so that our listeners can be the first ones to know about the project. If you like what you hear in today's episode, reach out to your contact person at Ignite Funding and let them know that you're interested and they will put you on a wait list for this loan. And without further ado, we will jump right into the episode. So Casey and Carrie, take it away. So I am here today at Future Legends. Thank you exciting. for having us. It's very exciting to be here. I haven't been here in whoo, seven, eight months. It's been a while since we did our, did our first loan with you guys. And now we're back. We are back and we are looking at doing another loan, which we'll get into in a little more detail in a few minutes. But first, introduce yourself. Who are you? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you again for having us and for coming out on site. Uh, my name is Casey Gutowski. I'm the executive director here, uh, part of the ownership team as well. Mm-hmm. I've been here for a little less than four years. In Future Legends years, that's like 65 years as we like to look at it. Yeah. But we, I first started this role officially in fall of 2019. Okay. All right. So I got to admit, <laughs> the first time I came out here, my first initial thought don't hate me was pipe dream. Yeah. You're that not the was the first person f- to tell me that first initial thought. So give me some background. Where did this idea even come from? It's a good question. And honestly, pipe dream is not that far off of what we thought ourselves uh, until obviously we found the opportunity to build it. And here we are. How this started was a dream, if you will, of a certain amount of people, a lot of those of which being in my family or a part of our business group. My family, my father, myself, my brother had all had this dream of building this all-encompassing sports complex that can turn into fruition one day if we find the right land for it. A lot of our partners are professional athletes, former professional athletes that just want to be involved with sports in any different way that they can. And now with a lot of projects that are growing in the United States and worldwide that are innovative, that have unprecedented attributes to it having a way to mix everything together in a new type of way intrigued us. And so finding a piece of land, finding the right location, finding the right minds to put it all together Mm -hmm. was something we've had in our brains for two decades. Mm -hmm. And so then fast forward to five years ago when we had the opportunity to find that land, the opportunity was presented to us. It was one of those fate type of things that, Hey, we've been looking for a piece of land. We want to be in the right spot in a place that people are already visiting we can build things ourselves. We have the, the ability to have private ownership. We're not worried about tax dollars. We're not worried about government funding. Yeah. That we have the ability to build it ourselves. 
And so since we've been in professional sports for so long, we've owned professional sports teams for the better part of two and a half decades. My father and his business has been in real estate for so long. He's built hotels, restaurants for three plus decades, if not longer. I've been in sports operations my entire life. I was one of those those kids growing up that I didn't go to summer camp. I worked every summer. I was in the business my entire life. And so now going through the years that we've gone through to build something like this in our brains, turning it into fruition was from a pipe dream into reality, yeah. uh, which is pretty crazy. And we're very humbled that we're able to find the opportunity to do that. Yeah. How did this particular location come about? Why here? It's of all question. the places in the United States, I'm sure you scouted out quite a few. Why this one? It's a great question. Colorado is extremely intriguing to us as a state for multiple reasons. It's a place that's towards the center of the country. It has reasons for people to visit anyways. Mm -hmm. The mountains, hiking, biking, snowboarding, skiing, you name it. So it has a tourism element to it. And then northern Colorado, which people don't realize, Denver is towards the north part of, of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And the northern Colorado is just the northern tip. Yeah. And so we're 45 minutes away from Denver. It's still kind of the same market, but also different. Mm -hmm. Professional-wise, from a professional sports standpoint, there hadn't been professional baseball on a minor league side in this area. Hmm. And so that intrigued us a lot as well, is that you're so close to these bigger areas, but also a different entity that you could bring your own identity to from a professional sports standpoint. And so that really intrigued us. So we looked for places like that. This specific spot was brought to us from the town government, specifically a woman named Stacy Miller, who is the head of economic development, Stacy Brown now, uh, head of economic development in Windsor. Mm -hmm. She knew that we were the type of group that wanted to build a facility like this. And she cares about Windsor, it's her job. Yeah. And so she reached out to Ryan Spielberg, our partner, uh, who reached out to us and said, we have a patch of land that might interest you. Hmm. We visited it and it was one of those love at first sight type of things. Everything fit exactly how we wanted to. The environment, the tourism, the seasonality, the education, the community factor yeah all fit exactly what we wanted mm -hmm. and so i mean it was it was a next day type of thing that we pursued yeah what was the initial thought was it was uh, when i say thought i mean what sport drove this what sport drived all of this and is it what you thought it would be where you are today good question so we are a baseball family. It's no secret. We've been in baseball forever. I played baseball at a high level my entire life. My brother played, my father played. Most of, again, most of our partners are major league baseball athletes. And so yeah. we are a baseball family, but mm -hmm. we love all types of sports. Uh, we like to joke about this. My father's side of the family, all Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, in Pittsburgh, sports is a religion in that area. So yeah. when you grow up in that type of environment, Sundays are holy for us in a different way than you think, <laughs> right? And so... Baseball's always been our first love, and it's been my first love, but I've been a fan of sports my entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so has the rest of our team. And so we first thought of, okay, we've played baseball. We've been around these different complexes that have been baseball-centric. Let's figure out if we can be baseball-centric as well, having a professional baseball team as well that we own that wanted mm -hmm. to move to a different area. And then as more conversations happen, why are we neglecting the ability to grow in other sports? Yeah, We like the other sports. We've worked in it a good amount over the last couple of decades, why are we just singling ourselves out mm -hmm. just to baseball? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, fast forward again, basketball, volleyball, soccer, flag football, tackle football, you name it, every yeah. sport that you can possibly imagine, 
is being played at the same type of level, if not higher, mm-hmm. on the youth side, high school side, college side, you name it. And so we didn't want to single ourselves out. And then now it's transformed into this massive complex that hits every sport that's not ice or swimming related. And mm-hmm. so now our our top sport, while it still might be baseball, it's a 1A, it's not a 1. Yeah. 1B might be soccer, 1C might be women's volleyball. Mm-hmm. And so now our top activities are 10 different sports that we can have year round versus just being a baseball site. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of different sports. What are the, the the centric sports that will be played out of this facility? Yeah, the main sports that we have, baseball, softball, basketball, volleyball, mm-hmm. soccer, lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Then you have indoor futsal, which is more of a growing sport. Mm-hmm. Then eventually you move into the pickleball and esports and, and beach volleyball, and field hockey, you name it. And so baseball and soccer are the most self-explanatory ones. We have fields that are dedicated to them. People play baseball at a very high level, very young. People play soccer at a very high level. And Northern Colorado is known for that. Mm -hmm. Colorado is also known as a volleyball state and as a lacrosse state. Being in the East Coast for a certain portion of my life and seeing how lacrosse has grown, Mm -hmm. we didn't want to neglect that either. Yeah. But when you mentioned pickleball, we didn't expect pickleball. (laughs) I mean, no one did. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say no one, but the vast majority of us didn't. Came out Uh, of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Didn't realize pickleball was going to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And so when we built this facility, we first had this idea. And even when we got to land end of 2018, we weren't going to say, oh, this is a huge pickleball opportunity for Mm -hmm. us. That transformed into, okay, pickleball is becoming a real thing. It's not just this fad. It's not just this activity that's going to go away in three years. We need to jump on this train. Mm -hmm. And so we will have a 16 court pickleball arena dedicated to pickleball that's open to the general public it's open to people that want to play it's any different age group uh and that's exciting for us mm-hmm. that's something that we've adapted to beach volleyball mm-hmm. we have a four court beach volleyball arena people laugh at us you're in colorado there's no beaches we bring that california mindset out mm-hmm. with us a little bit but mm-hmm. the demand is super hot yeah volleyball is a year-round sport in colorado and there isn't a lot of opportunity to play outside in mm-hmm. colorado and mm-hmm. so now that we have that opportunity to provide that it's one more thing that we can do, one more type of event that we can put on, one more activity that we can bring that brings more mouths to feed, it brings yeah. more bodies to games. Uh, and so that's how we've adapted. So those main sports that you could think of, the mm-hmm. baseball, softballs, the lacrosse, the soccers, volleyballs, basketball, you name it, that's the main stuff. Then it turned into pickleball into a main sport as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Yeah. And then esports one day when the esports arena, esports similar to pickleball has grown so fast, fastest growing activity in the world, Simon yeah. close, yeah. with pickleball being second. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're ahead of the game and we figure it out as we go on the esports side Mm -hmm. and we're not coming in too late. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So looking at the facility, how many renditions of this have there been? (laughs) Dozens, if not hundreds. The final product has been similar. There hasn't been a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. We've added certain things as we've acquired certain things. We've had a different mindset to make certain things dedicated to different sports. But this, this final version that you see behind us, this actually isn't even the final version. This is a pre-final version. I have a different one. Mm-hmm. This is just the one that I have a poster board that's behind me. Yeah. But there are certain things that we changed, minor things that we changed that affect having mm-hmm. a new board, mm-hmm. or a new poster board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is the same. Yeah. It's separating certain sports, but still having it all encompassing at the same time. Yeah. Why is this complex different? It's a good question. You came prepared. There's a very safe answer and then there's also the passion answer Mm -hmm. the safe answer is you know we have everything in one place you know you don't have to move you don't have to leave everything is here for you the innovative answer is the dormitory element the dormitory element is by far my favorite part of this entire site growing up playing baseball playing sports 
traveling across the country, you either have to stay with your parents in a hotel or you have to figure out a way that your entire team can stay in one place and that's difficult to find. Yeah. There weren't too many places that did this type of model where your team could stay with each other in a mm -hmm. dormitory or a barrack type of place. Mm -hmm. And so people that look at this model, which is mainly in, in Cooperstown, New York, arguably the most successful youth complex in the world. And this was you know early mid nineties and I went 2002, so 21 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I saw the ability to stay with my teammates and the parents got to stay in their hotel. Parents don't want to stay with their kids when they're yeah. 12 years old. They smell bad. They don't want to be with them, right? Yeah. It's a vacation for parents yeah, as well. And the kids want to stay with their teammates. You have to make a vacation out of it. It's costing you a fortune. It costs you a fortune. And mm -hmm. so if, if you're a parent and you get two or three weeks a year of vacation mm -hmm. and you're using it to travel with your kids, you better have a good time too. Yeah. And you're spending all that money. And so they did a great job of capturing that audience. Mm -hmm. And so then you look 20 years later, there really aren't too many places that have adapted to that model. You know, it's either it's too expensive or you have to educate too many people to get mm -hmm. used to that model. People normally just spend a fee on being a part of the tournament and then everything else is themselves. Get the hotel, get the food, get the jerseys, you name it. And so there's a lot of, I would say, perceived risk. But once you have the facility, the risk is minimized. You're bringing people already to the site. Why wouldn't people want to stay on site yeah. in that same model? And so that's what makes this a little bit different. We have a dormitory. It's 64 rooms. It's 12 to 14 kids a room with two coaches. Mm -hmm. So almost a thousand athletes are staying on site next to our restaurants, next to our stadiums, next to our fields. They don't have to leave. Yeah. And so if they're doing that, I don't have to just do that for baseball. Yeah. So when we talk about our original question, mm -hmm. being baseball centric, now we don't have to do that just for baseball, yeah. volleyball, lacrosse, soccer, you name it. Obviously with multiple different genders and different age groups, you can then spread it out to as many as you want. I can have each floor dedicated to a different tournament. I could have a 16-team tournament for volleyball, 16-team tournament for baseball, 16-team for softball, you name it. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm separating it where if they're paying me directly, I'm not renting my own facility. Yeah, I own the facility. Mm -hmm. We own the facility. Mm -hmm. They're already on site. Mm -hmm. We create our own tournament that way, something that we've done before. Yeah. And so we're just creating a, a kid's hotel, a youth hotel, yeah. essentially, that they're staying in. Yeah. So that's what makes this a little bit different. A lot of other complexes you see, ESPN in Orlando, Legacy out in Mesa, Arizona, Cooperstown to an extent, they're, they could be larger yeah. by size, but they have different models. Mm -hmm. So when people ask us, what might be a future question, what competition do we have? Mm -hmm. We don't have anyone that's doing exactly the same thing that we are. Mm -hmm. There are people out there that have certain elements, yeah. but that's what makes us a little bit different. That's what makes us so unique is that we have this stay and play model that combines with hotels and the professional sports and the restaurants on site. You might find a professional sports team have some fields around it that people yeah. can practice at, but there's nowhere to stay. Mm -hmm. You might have a, a bunch of fields with some restaurants on site, but again, there's nowhere to stay. Mm -hmm. So the hospitality side for the parents and for the kids to stay on site and then having the restaurants and then having the professional sports and the youth sports year round. That's what makes us different. Yeah. Well, from a lender's perspective, you know, when we looked at this project originally, um, it, it seemed at first like a stretch, but when you come here and you see it and you feel it and you touch it and you walk it and you talk to individuals that mm -hmm. are super passionate about this, you can start to see how that dream can quickly become a reality and a reality quickly become a profit generating 100%. endeavor. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Where are you at? I mean, you guys just kicked off, um, I think in March, 
Is that correct? Mm -hmm. First real tried and true event. Yep. Is that fair? We're underway. And what is the next nine months look like? What does the rest of 2023 look like um, for this project? Where are you going to be at the end of the year? It's going to be pretty nuts. Our phasing process is not years at a time, it's months. Mm -hmm. And so with certain facilities being done in certain timeframes, we prepare every two, three months ahead. Mm -hmm. Certain phase processes are, you know, you get this one field and then three years you get another field and then you get this building in five years. It's a longer plan. We have a very short timeline in retrospect. And so for the rest of 2023, it's going to be pretty cool. We are opening up our first ever professional sports season for soccer and for baseball. We own a professional soccer team as well, the Hailstorm. And anybody that's visited Northern Colorado, nobody questions why it's called that. Nobody asks why the San Jose Earthquakes are called the San Jose <laughs> Earthquakes, right? Uh, but we will have our opening day for both teams on site this year. We have two main stadiums. Uh, so the secondary stadium, which we call Future Legends Field, they'll start playing out of that May 23rd and May 27th of this year. So in about a month's Soon, time, yeah. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll have professional sporting events on site within a month and a half. Okay. A lot of our youth facilities are starting to be completed as well. Our baseball fields, our multi-purpose fields, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, you name it. Uh, those are going to be done. If Some of them are already done and some will be more done this summer. Okay. So then we can start hosting these massive tournaments. Yeah. Hundreds of teams, a lot of people coming out, concessions, mm -hmm. restaurants. Mm -hmm. And so that's what 23 looks like is starting to really incorporate these bigger events. Our dome is obviously done. You guys have the chance to take a look at yeah. it today. It is a monster. It's I've never impressive. seen anything like it before. Yeah, it's crazy. And that was our first, in our opinion, our first big step that gets people to be on board, not just mentally, but physically. They mm -hmm. can see it. Mm -hmm. You can see it from space. Yeah. And so the dome allows us to have sports year round, volleyball, basketball, at the same time as indoor soccer, indoor lacrosse. Our professional team practices out of that facility every day. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of 2023, once you get into fall, now you have a lot of those amenities are done. You're working on the hotel side. You're working on the restaurant side to be ready for 2024. You're building up this demand. It's a process. Once yeah. you have people out here consistently mm -hmm. and cyclically, you don't have to re-educate them of why to come out here. Yeah. Once they come on site, mm -hmm. if I give somebody a ticket to come to a game, I don't have to re-educate them of yeah. what we are. Mm -hmm. It's like a free trial, essentially, for Hulu exactly. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, obviously we have a paid model as well. And so when you talk about profits, there are so many different avenues mm -hmm. to create revenue mm -hmm. that people don't think about. Yeah. The tournaments itself, you have concessions, you have merchandise, you have the other amenities that they might buy, photography, videography, you name it, right? So that alone is just from a tournament perspective. That's people pay for that before they even step on site. Yeah. Uh, they pay a registration fee. Mm -hmm. So that's just the use side. Mm -hmm. Now you talk about Okay, if I want to bring in a concert, I want to bring in a philanthropic event or a huge festival, we have the facility to do that. We can have massive 10 to 15,000 person concerts. You can have a huge 118 acre beer and wine festival, toy festival, wedding expo, bar mitzvahs, proms, you name it. And so that allows us to have a different type of mindset that mm -hmm. we can start doing in 2023. Yeah. Which is exciting for us. of revenue. Like there's so many options available. How many of those options are inked? How many events do you have forthcoming for this facility? Because at some point, like this is, and we'll talk about, you know, the the capital raise and, and mm -hmm. how this whole thing's playing out in just a second. But at what point does it start making money? Very, very soon. Uh, we, from an event standpoint, are booked 
forever, essentially. I say that half joking, half not. We have more demand than we know what to do with. A good problem to have, yeah. but we have more demand than we know what to do with. Mm -hmm. There are so many youth organizations based here in Northern Colorado from a sports standpoint, they don't have the facilities, unfortunately. So they look at us from a housing standpoint. Mm -hmm. We can house their team. What I mean by housing is we have the facilities yeah. they can play on. Mm -hmm. Where we already have, our schedule is booked for the rest of the future, right? If just pe people local from Monday through Friday during the school year. Tournament-wise, this is an ideal location for external tournaments to come in. You're in a beautiful state. It's easily accessible. You're 45 minutes away from a top five airport and in plane mints every year. Yeah. So travel is easy. Mm -hmm. And so from a booking standpoint, we're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, and then from an internal standpoint, it's just placing what dates we want to do certain things. We have certain flexibility to ramp up. Mm -hmm. If I say we're going to have 30 baseball events and we find out, hey, we actually should make 10 of those lacrosse because lacrosse yeah. is bigger than we thought. Yeah. Then we plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. So we have some flexibility, but from a revenue standpoint, outside of ticket sales and yeah. sponsorship and all that kind of stuff that we've been doing, the big events are coming very, very, very soon. Okay. What has been the biggest challenge in getting capital for this project? It's a good question. I mean, from getting capital, I would say that it, it's the things that we can't control that we then have to be accountable for. Mm -hmm. And everyone does that. Yeah. I mean, there's this thing called a pandemic mm -hmm. that didn't help. Mm -hmm. And so why are you building something that's not a necessity in some people's minds of youth sports and entertainment? You weren't, again, we're not a hospital. We're yeah. not saving people's lives. We're providing entertainment to people. Why are you building something in a time like this mm -hmm. where the world is figuring out what to do, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's probably been the biggest challenge is things like that. We can't control mother nature. Mm -hmm. We plan on putting turf down. It snows that day. Shoot, we got to wait another week. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets sick. Somebody... We have a truck driver that the truck falls down, right? Mm -hmm. You have things that happen all the time. The things that you can't control, that you then have to pivot, I think causes some doubt originally. Yeah. Now we're in a point where we figured out once things are built and things are being built now, you don't have to worry about construction time anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about getting the kinks out. You already exist. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's been creating, I guess, the biggest challenge for us is explaining why you sports the people that have been in it, the people that have traveled and gone through with the situation that I mentioned, they get yeah, it. Yeah, they immediately get it. The parents get it. The kids get it. People get it. If you mm -hmm. haven't, if you have not been through youth sports, people look at it from an outside perspective. Youth sports. Why are you so passionate about that? Youth sports is a $30 billion industry. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's also what we're passionate about. Yeah. And so you have to actually be passionate about what you do, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in our opinion as well. Yeah. You got to actually be passionate about what you want to do. And mm -hmm. if you're going to put in all this money and all this effort and move out here and hire the people that we have, you gotta actually wanna do it. Mm -hmm. You can build a parking garage somewhere. You can go find other things to invest in that you might not be as passionate about. And that's fine, people do that all the time. Yeah. But to then create the passion of someone that doesn't have that passion, mm -hmm. takes extra education. And it so we, we've been able to get to that point to a certain extent and we'll continue to get to that point. But that's been a challenge, is that the people that have not been a part of this type of industry, it takes a little while to explain. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, you have, you have our buy-in. You know, we've been here a couple of times. We've had a lot of communication with you um, about this project. We've watched it from the sidelines, no pun intended, um, a bit to see, you know, kind of where you guys were. And recently you came back to us. Um, and I think you've asked a few times, but, you know, we wanted to see more progress yep. as, as any lender would want to see. Um, but you you've came back to us and, and we're now uh, getting ready to embark on our next loan with you, mm -hmm. um, which is going to assist in really 
getting the retail piece up and running. Right. Why retail next? And then what's after that? Retail is so important to our site. By having the bodies that we have, we want to keep them here. Mm -hmm. Not only that, mm -hmm. Windsor as a growing community is almost outgrowing itself to an extent. Mm -hmm. The population is almost doubled in the last decade. Mm -hmm. This is a great place to live. Education's great. Weather's great. All the things that we talked about before. Windsor is an incredible place to live, and it's no longer a secret. Mm -hmm. so the people that have been here for a while, they'd like to keep it a secret. Yeah. From someone that's <laughs> moving here. Uh you kind of do too, a little bit. But it's a hey. beautiful place to live. I live here now as well. Uh, and so the restaurant side, the retail side is so important because not only are we attracting the people that are living here, mm -hmm. that are about to live here, that are moving here now, on top of the fact that it keeps people on site. It mm -hmm. gets bodies here consistently. Mm -hmm. If you're a family, if you're a team that's coming on site, most of the time in other complexes, if there's no restaurants on site, you would then have to go find the nearest Subway mm -hmm. or nearest McDonald's and mm -hmm. find the entire team yeah. something to eat. And someone's yeah. bringing it back, whether it's a team parent, a coach, or yeah. somebody. You don't have to do that here. Yeah. You walk 30 yards to the right. Pizza, ice cream, burgers, barbecue, you name it. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives us that extra edge. When you talk about what differentiates the complex, that's not offered in too many places. You don't have places where you have a retail center attached to where you're sleeping and where you're playing. Mm -hmm. They don't have to leave. You're ca you're capturing people legally, as we like to joke. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to find the things that they normally would have to find because they can do that on site. Yeah. What amount of square footage of retail will you have and what will it consist of? So it consists of about 12 to 14 total restaurants and retail stores. It's about 40,000 square feet of actual retail space. The whole space is about 80,000. Uh, we really want to dedicate it to different diversity or diversification of categories. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is I don't need four sandwich places next to each other. We mm -hmm. don't need people to compete with each other. Mm -hmm. We have one barbecue place. We have one pizza place. We have one place to get ice cream on the retail side. Yeah, And that's important because people don't have to then not only again compete with themselves, but have all the options that they normally would want. Mm -hmm. When they go to a facility like this, there's just a certain type of food that they want. Yeah. Doing it healthy is important obviously as well and having yeah. good brands. But it's not something that we wanted to take lightly of. Mm -hmm. We want to find the right opportunities to find the right brands, whether it's their second store ever, or their first one in Colorado, or a brand that people love. They just want to find something a little more convenient to them. Now that Northern Colorado is growing so much and Colorado is growing, there could be a restaurant that's based in Denver. And mm -hmm. people are like, can I, can I have a, a restaurant that's closer to me now that I don't have to drive the hour or 45 minutes to go get yeah. what I want? So that's why it's so important. That's where the diversification comes in. So out of those 12 to 14 restaurants, they've been signed. And so mm -hmm. they're open, they're ready to be open as soon as they possibly can. So getting this going quickly is important. Vital. All right. Well, that's good because, uh, you know, here we sit. It is April 18th. You could have said any day I would have believed you. <laughs> and we are looking to fund this um, from the Ignite Funding Investor perspective in the next week or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then we will continue to fund this um, over a period of time and as we're building. I believe the final number that I saw was in the neighborhood of about 18 million. That is correct. Um, which is a significant size loan mm -hmm. for Ignite Funding, um, especially with a uh, a newer borrower to us, but I think you guys have proven your abilities uh, with this first loan. We've watched this complex build, grow, expand. A lot of what we have to do 
there's art and science to lending. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat and I talk about this quite a bit. And, and Pat's sitting here in this room with us as we're kind of uh, talking through this. He just put his phone down now because he's like, oh, she's talking about my role. Here it comes. Here it comes. Um, and so, you know, he he had to sell me a little bit on this one. Um, and and he did because I said, you know what, Pat, I got to get back out there. I got to see this. I got to see how far they've come since the last time I was here. And wow. I appreciate that. Good job. That wow is what we were hoping for. So. You you guys have uh, you've taken this to the next level. You obviously know what you guys are doing. Um, and I keep watching you add the right people as well, you know, kind of keeping tabs on, um, how you guys are growing and it's not just you and your dad sitting here. Right. And so, you know, you guys have put the right people in place, um, at the right times. Um, so that's, that's good to see from an operator standpoint mm -hmm. that you guys didn't just bring this massive team together, start with all this massive overhead and then go, well, what are we going to do until this is built? Right. That's not how you guys operate. No. And so I appreciate the way that you are operating this and um, you're strategically bringing things online at the right times. Um, and it sounds like, based on conversations that we've had today and right now, that there is a lot of interest. You guys have created a yeah. lot of interest around this facility and a lot of buy-in um, from the sponsorship side to you know the venues that you're going to be able to potentially bring in in the future, mm -hmm. which by the way, I couldn't get him to disclose to us, but- <laughs> at some point we're going to be back and we're going to chat about it and you're going to let some cats out of some bag we'll um, see. so we can kind of <laughs> we'll see he's kind of guarded there but um this is going to be a a world-renowned facility we appreciate that i really believe that 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 is exactly what you guys are building here what comes after retail from a building perspective yeah the esports arena which is a part of the retail but that's the last piece then eventually, if there's more hotels and more things that we can have reasons for people to stay on site, literally and physically, or literally and physically, mm -hmm. uh, is our goal. When is the whole facility going to be done? Before 2024 ends. Not that long. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. That's exciting. And you look at these these ramp up times for certain projects. You know, again, five, 10 years down the line. We have a year and a half ramp up time from today through the end of 2024 where everything's done. Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. That's amazing. You know, this loan that we're getting ready to do with Ignite funding is, um, you know, 80,000 square feet. Right. Like we were talking about. If you were to just build that in Windsor right now as a standalone, is it needed? Yeah. hundred percent. You live here. So you yeah. would know better than anybody else. This isn't like you come in on the weekends and you're seeing how your project's working. It, it's needed. 100%. Absolutely. This would be needed whether we existed or not. Mm -hmm. This land, this 118 acres that we're on, would have been used for someone like this anyways, in my opinion. Someone mm -hmm. would have snatched this up and said, hey, we're going to have retail, we're going to have apartments, we're going to have hotels. Someone was going to do it. Yeah. Take away all the sporting events. Mm -hmm. You're left with a hotel and you're left with retail. Yeah. Still not a bad venture. No, absolutely not. And even if you just take away events, the community alone is something that is going to suffice. The theater. Yeah. It'll feed it. But now again, it's, it's not just a sporting perspective. If you have big concerts, if you have huge conferences, which are yeah. very popular nowadays, people yeah. got to stay somewhere. Yeah. Hotel, we have about 260-ish rooms, give or take. There's not very many options to stay in Windsor. You either got to stay in downtown Fort Collins, you got to go to Loveland, you got to go to Greeley, which is not very far. It's you no. know, 20, 20 minutes, yeah. uh, 25 minutes away. But if you're in a conference, either on site or somewhere around us, with all these industries yeah. being built around you us, you want to stay here. 
They can walk. Mm -hmm. And so you're providing an opportunity for people to have hospitality, yeah. whether we exist or not. Now, you, again, you combine that we do exist. It's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer. The, the last thing I'll say is, is that we are very appreciative of you guys. Ignite has been incredible to us. Our journey over the last four years has been wild, mm -hmm. to say the least, in a good way and a bad way. I mean, we've learned a ton. We've also taken the pandemic with a glass half full approach is now we've had that time to then fix the things that we thought we didn't need to or add the sports or add the activities. It used to just be me and my dad mm -hmm. uh, and Spilly, uh, Ryan Spillworks, who's our co-founder. It was all three of us. I was working literally out of a closet trying to feel, figure out how to, to plan this complex. And now we have 55 full-time employees. We're in three different locations. We're here at Grand Junction in Los Angeles. We have three different professional sports teams. We have you know 25 to 30 athletes per team. We're, we're hundreds of employees already, which is pretty crazy versus it just being me and my dad and Spilly. Mm -hmm. uh, so the progression and people believing us is how we got here, is that if people didn't believe in us, we didn't have the incredible partners that we've had, the sponsors, and then people believing us from an employee standpoint, people usually have to move here from out of state. They hear about this. They want to be part of it. Yeah. We have so much talent. Mm -hmm. I am good at this. I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. We have people that are good at this. Right. So we fill in the gaps. We fill in each other's weaknesses with strengths. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have the vision. The vision is what we have. We have the passion. We want to be here. We are unorthodox. We are a little bit different. We're unprecedented. If that word isn't already ingrained in our brain too much for the last four years, we like being different. Mm -hmm. That's tough for people. Yeah. And so we like to take that from the glass half full approach. We're different because we want to. Mm -hmm. And you guys are people that believe in people like us. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to exist. That allows our pipe dream to start out this conversation, our pipe dream to become a reality. We yeah. exist. We're no longer a construction site. We're a sports complex under construction. Mm -hmm. And so that's what makes us even more passionate about what we do. And one day passing this off to my kids one day is the biggest dream. Absolutely. They don't have to pay for college. Absolutely. It'll be amazing. Well, I can tell you Ignite Funding is a little bit different too. And our approach and our investors and what they're looking for is different. And this project gives them all of those things. all Everything that our investors are looking for, this project has. So I'm hoping that uh, that our investors embrace this. I hope they come out and visit. Likewise. I hope they come out and they see this facility and have an opportunity to to see your your dream become a reality because this is it really is amazing. So thank you for your time today. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk soon. You got it. Thank you again. All right. Once again, if you liked what you heard about the Future Legends project in Colorado, please reach out to your contact person at Ignite Funding and they can place you on the wait list for this loan that is releasing next week. And thank you to Carrie and Casey for joining us on another episode of Deeds in the Desert. And to our listeners, stay tuned for another episode dropping next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 